right, episode 52, we're here. New year, new us, because Mr. Incognito is here, checking in live as the co-host for, I'm going to go ahead and say it, for 2024. Let's go. What's up, guys? Mr. Incognito checking back in a little differently this time. So we were kind of talking about it. You know, I haven't been on in a little while, and we decided that uh, every hero at some point has to become unmasked, and this is that time. And it's Alan Gene Jordan, everyone. My boy, Alan, he's cousins with the Michael. We got a picture. Check out the YouTube. There's a picture right now that corroborates the story. Some of you guys might have heard of him before. He used to play basketball. Um, He used to be pretty good. He went to North Carolina. Um, that's probably kind of peaked in, in college, I'd say. Yeah, I would, I would say he did pretty well yeah. in college. He did, he, he did a, you know, something in the pros yeah. as well. He, uh, played a little post-college in a right. little place called Chicago at one point. And anyway, uh, great intro the picture tells a thousand words. And so mm-hmm. the picture of the two of you together clearly yeah, shows your was, cousins. We obviously are. Yeah. He had a little stint where he owned a basketball team. Um, that one, I don't, I don't a know. A good basketball team. Yeah. We know owners in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, yeah, that's at least he was story. a good owner in in Charlotte. Yeah, he was a good guy. Good guy. It was a bad team, but at least he wasn't the same kind of owner. Which we're we're going to talk about Tepper at some point. We always have to. Have to. Even though Allen's here instead of Christian, we're still going to rag on Tepper. That's it does not change. change. That's not sell change the team, at all. brother. Sell the team. Sell them. I, I feel guilty sometimes jumping ship, but at the end of the day, it's like there's one thing about being loyal and being a ride or die, and right. there's another thing about seeing seeing a plane crash. It's going down, and you're like, I'm going to just stay buckled until it implodes on a mountain. Yeah, you always got to have a parachute just in case. At this point, I had to take the parachute. Right. We both jumped. But anyway, we're going to jump into some college football. We're going to talk about some NFL. It's going to be a good episode. Um, but New Year happened. That's why I was joking at the beginning. New Year, new us. New us. Because it is new co-host for those of you who have only known Alan as Mr. Incognito, who started, he had a couple rough patches, but all in all, it was a pretty decent season hey, like above 500 it's right? tough picking when you're only picking upsets i will say yeah you were going straight hot um, takes and i was hot on missouri all year long if you remember uh, my first pick mm-hmm. for them was for them to upset kansas state um they did and then from there i was pretty high on high on them the rest of the season and obviously they finished the season really well so and you were high on fsu from the beginning i was high on fsu going to the playoffs Pre- because i didn't think they were going to lose a game right but i was just saying like with uh, pre-Jordan Travis, you called that they were going to be like a playoff team. Right, right, Which I think we're not arguing that. Like, everyone knows Jordan Travis with FSU is very different than without. Yeah. My whole stance on that from the beginning was just their schedule. Um, that they were a good team, Which, but they were going to make it through their schedule. And I just kind of assumed that um, an undefeated Power 5 conference champion was going to go to the playoffs. And, and you would have been so, right if they didn't catastrophically just suck in the ACC championship. Yeah. And I did have oh, the pick that Georgia was not going to three-peat. So I'll take those for the, the big, <laughs> long-season picks. So all pretty decent all solid. Season. So Mr. Incognito, Alan also, I'd say that you are my top road trip buddy. Let's go. Fun fact for anyone. I feel like there are a few people that I could do hours and hours and hours in the car with. And you got to be top of that list. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah. Making mind too. We've had a few. We haven't yeah. had one in a while. When you know one soon. It's time to do one of that. Maybe if people started subscribing and listening and sharing with a friend, the pod can start taking off and then we can get travel blogs, Some vlogs, person ones. Say. Some blogs, in-person ones. Vlogs. Yeah, vlogs. We could do, uh, honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and tease it now. One of the things that Alan and I have talked about doing, it's called 50 for 50. 50 for 50. What if I told you every state had its own story? Its own adventure. Its own adventure. 
And so we go to all 50 states over the course of a couple of years and do a cool outdoor story adventure. And uh, potentially we could start a couple of those this year if we get the subscriber up a little bit. Yeah, so. that'd be awesome. We got some good stuff in store. So if you want to see that, you know what to do. Yeah. Well, in this new year, you, 2024, Alan, Gene, Jordan, do you have any new year plans? Any resolutions, as they call it? Any goals? Yeah. Um, I don't have any like strict, hard resolutions. One is definitely to stretch more. I want to become more mobile because I love playing weekend sports, you know, a little weekend warrior, um, undrafted amateur, what we may call it. Uh, so mm. for example, played pickup baseball this past weekend, sprinted for the first time in who knows when felt great coming out the gate. Um, may have stretched a little bit, but nothing super serious before pulled a hamstring, you know, classic weekend warrior story. So one of my goals in 2024 is to become more mobile. I've always been super tight when it comes to that kind of thing. So year round stretch timber, year round stretch timber. We've been doing stretch timber for a little while now and it works really well during September. And then we, you know, miss out on the rest of the year in case nobody knows what that is. Joe and I, every September stretch on a daily and we feel really good after. And then the rest of the year, I guess we just neglect it and go back to the normal. I've been trying to do it more. Well, I neglect it. Well, you said you sprinted. I think I've said this on the podcast and I think I've said it to you, but I heard recently that 75% of people will never sprint after the age of 30. And yeah, that's sad. We haven't hit that and yet. Sad. And what we're getting close we're, to 30. And close. so we've got to make sure that we're stretching so it's still yeah. a feasible feat. Because if you don't use it, you do lose it. It's very true. It is um, true. And I don't want I don't, I'm not willing to. No, definitely want to be able to stretch or sprint rather for the rest of my life, hopefully. So, um, and we got to get swole this year too. That's get swole. Goal. Well, that's always the goal. That's been the goal for a while. Um, Boys we to did men. a little boys to men in college, and then hopefully now it can be like men to legends. Could that be the next one? It could be. It could be. We're both bulking right now pretty nicely. Um, we have a big trip to Portugal potentially planned for May. So for both of us, that's kind of the goal is to get big now, cut down for Portugal a little bit. And that kind of goes along with my, one of my other uh, New Year's resolutions as well is to start working on Spanish slash Portuguese more before we go over. Hit the Duolingo Yeah, Duolingo. That's the plan. Well, it is, uh, what is it, the third now? And I haven't hopped on yet, but resolutions can start whenever. It doesn't have to be on the first. It's all about rhythms. Rhythms over resolutions. You make a goal, then you break it down to rhythms, and it's a little step-by-step, then you get farther than goals ever took you. Right. And who says it has to start on the first? Exactly. It just has to start today. It starts today. Right now. It starts today. Because the day to be great is today. That's right. Just Not tomorrow. Know, should should today. print shirts and say the that. The day to be great is today. You heard it here <laughs> the first. The day to be great is today. Yes, sir. Because yesterday you said tomorrow. Just do it. Just do it. Uh, on that note, should we just do some Iceman? Yeah, let's hear it. If you weren't living under a rock, you would know that the University of Montana is playing in the FCS National Championship this week. And you know what? That's a pretty big deal in its own right. But when your band really wants to go, I mean, it's a huge part of college sports. You go back and watch the games from the college football playoff, and you'll realize that one of the best things about college sports is hearing the band in the background. College football, to be precise. So when Montana State heard that the University of Montana was not going to be able to send their band without raising some money to the FCS National National Championship game this weekend in Texas, they stepped up to help. So a GoFundMe gets set up, and the University of Montana marching band is now going to the national title game but not without a little bit of help from their bitter rivals, Montana State, who threw a, a cool three grand their way to say, hey, we might be bitter rivals on the field, 
But this is a bigger Montana factor. And for those of you who are thinking, well, why don't the Duttons just stood up? Well, the Duttons are fake. They're not real people. So uh, all I have to say is, you know, here's to rivalries. Here's to Montana State for set, stepping up and helping out the enemy along the way. Montana State, here's this week's unsung hero. Rumor has it the Duttons were too busy taking some people to the train station. Train station. Hopefully. Are you a Yellowstone guy? Yeah. Have you watched it? Yeah. yeah, I like Yellowstone. I haven't watched the last season. Or season and a half. Of I that. think but I'm like halfway through. I don't think they've released the second half of the last season. So then I might be, maybe you're up to date. I might be farther. No, I definitely didn't finish the last season they released. Cause I, mm. I was like watching week by week and then I fell off. It got really slow. But it got really slow. It, it, that's the problem. It's like got such good character and such slow plot line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you get invested and if you're binging, you're like, that's good. But then if you give it a week, you're like, nothing's really happened this season. Even I was invested in it's still. Just really thought mm-hmm. a lot was going to happen, and it, and it didn't. Don't want to say any spoilers, but I thought everybody was going to die, and nobody died. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, story of that entire show at that point. Anyway, that that story with, uh, was it Montana State giving money to Montana, or was it the other way around? The University of Montana's marching band, or I guess their football team was playing the FCS championship, and so the marching band was going to go. I guess it was 200 k that they were trying to raise Yeah, to send, which... I mean, I guess the discrepancy in money in football is that drastic when it gets to from FBS to FCS. Yeah, it make, where makes sense. There's probably not the money to be able to send a band there. And so Montana State donated three grand towards it. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. That's really cool, actually. Um, Dude, I wouldn't do that for Clemson. I was just about to say I would hate if South Carolina <laughs> did that. So that's another yeah, thing. We're both South Carolina guys here. So that should be fun. Yeah. Oh, the pod is going to get way more South Carolina heavy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for I was gonna say better or worse, but it's just better. misery. So uh, oh well, better well, and more spectrums of that, I guess. So that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it's goggles season next year, and we're excited for that. Goggles. Well, on that note, let's just jump into college football. Uh, I was thinking we hit the two semifinal games. So first up was Michigan and Alabama. Yeah. Uh, okay. First off, we we mentioned FSU. It it sucks for them that they went undefeated. They were undefeated Power Five champions and didn't make it to the college football playoffs. We understand that. Right. But if the last week of college football taught us anything, it was it's that it was good that FSU stayed out. And these were two good college football games. And so the committee clearly got it right. Alabama, Michigan, good game overtime. First thought that I just want to say is Alabama blew it so big on that fourth and two at the end of the game. Just jumping straight in the end of the game. Yeah. The man coverage. I don't know how he slipped out the back, mm. but somehow he did. Yeah, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say about that. To be honest, um, that wasn't good. That that can't be that can't be what happens on the fourth and two to decide the game there. And then in overtime, I'm I thought that Milrow was going to do something on his feet. I don't love a draw dive. No, that as that play that goes. was that was worse than the defensive play. I would say, yeah, that. He, and he looked like he just like tripped into the pile almost. Well, the there end. also was zero hold. Yeah, no, and I feel like. It's not on him. It's it's on the play caller there. But um, you see that hole or that no hole, and I feel like you got to bounce uh-huh. it out one way or the other. I, I feel like maybe this is a dumb play call that I had in my head here. But you do some kind of like rollout with some crosses like following you. And then I think you do like a, have like a backdoor option that if the play is just falling apart, you throw it across your body, like across the field and hope that that that's an option at that point. You know what I mean? No, I, I like it. But I um, don't love just a dive straight up the middle or a draw, then dive. Right. No, I I like what you're saying. Roll them out to the side. 
you're saying have somebody with him and then have somebody on the yeah, complete so, opposite so side. So maybe of you field, do right? like back of the end zone, someone coming in front. Uh, he's like rolling out with it. He's got the option to throw there, maybe run. Um, and then there's also someone that slipped out the backside. Mm-hmm. And so if everyone's like crashing in, there's nothing open, he can just throw it across the field and make a dangerous throw, but maybe something happens from it. Maybe nothing does. Yeah, that's that's probably the exact play I would run there. Um, in high school, in our playoff game, we had a pivotal play to basically score to get it overtime, and we ran that exact thing. So we had basically bootleg to the left. Um, one guy sneaks off the left side to the right, and you have everybody mm-hmm. else kind of flood the left side. And you bring everybody over and just chunk it back to the guy on the right, and he's he's there. And if he's not, you know, you just pull somebody to the le- that went to the left on the flood, or you can run it. Right. So there's a lot of options there. All you do is just like reverse in that one, and then the backdoor options, like yeah, your, your backup or Plan C, really. I'm a big fan of like having an option. Yeah, and this one gave you nothing to work. Yeah, you're with. just going straight up the middle and hoping that you overpower him, which you haven't really done most of the night. So, and Milrow's strength is his speed, not right. Speed is his strength. Strength is his speed. Strength is his beat. JJ McCarthy played pretty well, though, who's 17 of 27, 221 yards, three touchdowns, three tutties. Yeah. Uh, he did what he Milrow needed to do. did not have a good game, though. I would say that. Yeah, he didn't. He, he looked more like early season form. Uh, otherwise, I felt like this was a pretty evenly matched game. Yeah, it like was a very teams kind of dominated scrimmage at half at one, or dominated the scrimmage during one half, I'd say. Right. Michigan won first half. Bama won second half. Yeah turnovers were the same i think yeah it was it was kind of sloppy on both sides a little bit too i think the biggest difference was alabama um just couldn't get the snap thing down which is crazy for a saban coach team in the postseason like you would see that maybe at the beginning of the year making sense but kind of at the end of the year you're fumbling snaps i don't know how many they fumbled but it was um pretty significant you really do not expect that from a saban team no you don't expect it from really any team in that situation that late in the year that's won all those games, but especially not a Saban team. I think the Alabama, though, bigger picture, Alabama was the right choice over FSU. Right. I think that the Alabama that played this week was not as good, was not as tight as the SEC championship. And I think that Georgia was a little bit sloppy in the SEC championship, and I think that Georgia would have rolled mid- Maybe not rolled. I think would have won by two touchdowns against. Michigan. I think. I think so too. I think Georgia probably is has the most uh, potential out of. I would say any team in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but you couldn't let them in after after the SEC championship game. I don't think. No, you couldn't have. Um, so I think um, they make the right call. Um, that that also goes back to the fact: Are you picking the best four teams, uh, or are you picking the teams that deserve? Which is the but argument it, FSU had. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of like up and down. What ended up happening, though, is they did both and neither at the same time. It, that's what you I'm saying. Because I mean? you can't yeah. do the best four teams, really. Yeah, because then you're just picking and choosing. And then you can't necessarily do the most deserving, because that's also... Because then... Yeah, I, and that's why I, I think I said on the podcast that if Georgia had won the SEC championship, I think that maybe Texas stays out at that point. FSU gets in. It's an easy path of less resistance because it's like undefeated power uh, five yeah. champs got four of them and then once georgia lost and it was alabama or texas it's like well you gotta set fsu out at this right point. i kind of i kind of love the way it happened though just something i, kinda, I mean it's, it was two good games yeah the last thing i'd say about this one before moving on the next one though is blake quorum broke the michigan all-time touchdown record in uh, in overtime i think with that in, in a 
just a furious run. Like a, was, you're not going to stop me run. Like I'm, I'm winning this game. I'm getting the record and there's nothing you can do about it, which was awesome. That's a great way to break a record. So cool to do that in <laughs> overtime. Uh, cause he had already broken the single season record. He had 25 and then broke the all time record. I think this was his 56th, which was sick. That's, that's a lot, man. He's dude's a beast. He's going to be, I think, a good NFL back. I think so too. Um, but should we go ahead and jump into the Texas-Washington game? Yeah. Washington had, you know, after the first half, it was it was tied. But after that, Washington just took control. Um, Michael Penix looked unstoppable. He was putting balls right where they needed to be. Um, just crazy throws. And they weren't checkdowns. They were long throws. Um, Dude, he was on it. He was on it. Because he had had 300 and I think 311 or something like that yards five minutes into the second half. He needed the game with 430 yards, two touchdowns. But at a little bit past halftime, at 300 plus. Yeah, that's nuts. That is nuts, man. He was playing out of his mind. Um, you know, I've watched him a good bit this year. I thought that was his best game that I saw. Um, he probably had better stat games, like completion percentage wise, I guess, and maybe definitely touchdown wise. Um, but like he was just controlling the game. There was, um, it felt like there was nothing he couldn't do. The that's game. the way I and I'm kind of eating my words. I thought I thought that Texas was gonna win this game. I wanted Texas I did too. too. We went to college station, we got kind of big. We stopped by Austin on the way. We're like, dang, Texas yeah. is pretty cool. But still like it there. I am shocked at how well he just controlled the game through the air. Yeah. Because they tried to run it a good bit and they were pretty stuffed. You know, I thought Texas was gonna win this game as well, but I think it's just because every other time a Pac 12 team has gotten into the playoff, it's been I don't think they've been to a have they been to one championship game with maybe Oregon in the past mm. since the playoffs started? I don't, I don't know, but either way, they haven't won one. Um, and I think that was kind of the stigma around them. And I mean, it makes sense until you break it. Um, but I think it is pretty cool that the PAC 12 champion is going to the, the national championship on the last year of the PAC 12. Um, that is pretty it'll cool. be kind of cool if they won it to uh to kind of finish out the pac 12 and it would kind of also be sad that the last year of the conference it'll be interesting we'll do our predictions on the national championship game in a minute but before or like before these semifinal games i would have said that washington has zero shot of beating michigan i would have to but having watched just how dialed in Penix was it's gonna be tough because so i just looked it up the rushing yards for this game washington had 102 on 31 carries so for the most part, Texas was shutting it down, right. but it's like they were able to control it the same way through the air. And it, there were some wide open receivers, but for the most part, he was dropping in passes no matter where the defender yeah. was like for the most I part. I think that's the thing and that so, got me the most was just like, he was placing them where he wanted them. It wasn't like they're wide open. Yeah. And so I think that if he plays at all like this going into Michigan, then Michigan's offense is going to have to store the score. Like before I thought there's a chance that Michigan just shuts them down and their offense does nothing. Cause I think that's something we're probably biased towards the PAC 12, but you hear about these crazy offenses and then suddenly they play good defenses and they can't do anything. Penix, I think showed that, that that's most likely not going to happen in the title game. Yeah. That's a, that's a man back there. He's a dog. <laughs> He's a man. Big, uh, Penix energy. Who was that? Desmond Howard that said that on game day? Big Penix energy. He was just I think so. it. That was that's something, man. Goodness gracious. That's something. That's <laughs> but, something right there. Desmond Howard. Yeah. That was that was wild. Anyway, the for the the rest of this game, Washington had it pretty much locked up at the end. Like they were controlling the game in the second half completely. Uh and mm -hmm. then 
did you watch like at the, at the very end what was going on? Yeah. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but um, they pretty much had it won, right? And then they all they had to do was knee it, kneel it out, pretty much. Like you could have got gotten Texas the ball back with maybe 20 seconds left if they just need it. Instead, they decided mm-hmm. to, decided to run, which. I mean, I guess if you get a first down, the game is completely over and you don't give Texas any kind of chance. Um, I, even the announcers were like, you might you might just want to knee it here because you have the chance to fumble. Um, and then kind of unexpectedly, the running back gets hurt and lays there. And that's and then what... you get the timeout. Yeah. Like, if you're the coach and you're the players, like, you got to get that guy off. You got to say, hey, man, I, you know, you got to get up right now. There's nothing that... You could be like hop on, yeah, like literally pick, pick up your up. guy and carry him off. I don't know what else to say. Like crawl off the field, something. And I, he might have had a real injury, which you know, not trying to it discredit sucks. that. But you got to get off the field because that could have lost the game for him. It very much, almost did. Yeah, because they'd gone up thirty-one or thirty-four twenty-one. Then uh, they punt Texas score, or because there's the fumble. Then that's what's interesting. Yeah, because it feels like the game's running away. It's a 13 point game. Texas gets the ball. Then they fumble. When it feels like they were starting to get a little momentum on the drive, momentum on the drive, like they had played that drive was four plays, 60 yards. So they're starting to drive down. Then they fumble on that pass. Then they stop Washington. It's a four and out punt. So it's still a 13 point game. They drive down touchdown. And then at this point, it's like okay, Washington just kind of like. You're flirting a little bit too much. Yeah, Put it away here. Kneel the ball and, you know, give them essentially no chance. But yeah, let's touch on Texas's last drive. So yours looked great on that drive. He had some good deep balls. Um, and I also don't think he looked bad throughout this game. He looked decent. Um, anyway, the last drive, they get down to the 12 yard line and they really only have one ball to the end zone that's catchable out of yeah. four plays. Uh, you're on the 12 had, yard line. Like, that's what I didn't understand. Yeah, what they tried to... They tried to, the, like, sprint out where it was like a... Um, it wasn't a sprint out. I guess it was, like, flat. Yeah, that was on first down, wasn't and it? Just like, and then he has to just run out of bounds because you can't waste a bunch of time there. That one I did not understand. No, all. because even if you do catch that and turn up field, you have to stay towards the boundary because if you get tackled there, you lose probably 15 seconds and you only have, like, 20 seconds left. Right. That's I understand that if time's not an issue... But there, it made no sense to me. You got to throw the ball to the end zone more than, more than one time. I mean, he threw it out of the back of the end zone once, but then you really only get the one chance on fourth down. And man, that was a heck of a play by the shorter Washington defensive back. He just yeeted that ball out of there, just like basketball blocked him. That was a that was awesome play. Because yours hadn't played an amazing game before the last, I'd say, six seven minutes of regulation yeah he looks and then he's good he started dialing in good right he has a beautiful uh deep ball when he throws it um i hope he comes back next year i think he will i do too uh arch manning's in another year though yeah i don't know i think think he's gonna sit or hit the portal uh i think he'll sit i heard i heard something with him saying he has no like interest in leaving texas at all so um that could just be hearsay but I think he'll stay at Texas. Someone else, aka Juice Wells, gave a similar impression. Yeah, we. I don't even. I don't even want. <laughs> I don't know. Want okay, talk. that's a segue to segue other to Ole Miss. Football. We can't even talk about Goodness that. Gracious. Ole Miss. Oh wait, do we want to do our uh, national there. championship picks now, or is that after? Yeah, well, let's do that then first, and then we'll come back. All right. So the spread going into it, it's Michigan minus four and a half over under fifty five point five. Uh, let's you go first. Why don't you predict 
Final score. Let's do that. Final score. So I got really high on Michael Penix after watching this game. I just thought he was throwing it in there. His wide receivers were going to get it. Um, Washington just looked like a team that wants to win, is here to compete. Um, obviously, they all want to win. But I just thought Washington really put together a really complete game against Texas minus the very end of the game. Um, I have Washington winning 35-31. to 31. Um, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Obviously, I think it's going to going to go over and um, 35, 31. 35, 31. I think it's going to be a three point game. I don't think uh, I don't think Washington's going to attempt a field goal. I think if they get in range for a field goal, they're going for it on fourth. This coach is a uh, is a he's going to go get it. He went for it on fourth and two from what is thirty. Yeah. He's he's not here to kick field goals. He's here to score touchdowns. So I'm going 35-31 okay. Washington. I like that. I'm going to almost ooh, I like the high scoring. This might be too high. I almost think 41 Michigan to like 30 I don't want to say 37 again. 36. 36. All right. I could do 35 and just give 10 more points to Michigan from you. Yeah, 41-35. That's what it's going to be. 41-35 Michigan. What? Don't man. hate it. Michael Penix made me eat my words. Just saying. Like, yeah, man. I, I feel kind of weird picking Washington just because it, it is a Pac-12 team. And, you know, Michigan is the, yeah, I don't want to say the more talented team, but probably the, based the, on, like, recruiting and stars and things, I would say Michigan. Yeah, I mean, because they're going to have a ridiculous number of people going to the league after this. What makes it tricky is the transitive property of Texas, where – if you look like Texas versus Bama, yeah. Bama, Michigan, Texas, Washington, which is, we know, a terrible thing to do in sports. Right. Like, oh, well, this person beat this, well, so on. But I think because of that, it's a little blurred in my mind because Texas beat Alabama earlier in the season. Right. Bama clearly got better. It was a close game with Washington where, like, can you draw anything from that? That's where I'm, yeah, if I'm you're, blinking out. And then it's, I think, yeah. But then postseason adds another variable into it. I think I the game like, was also at Bama um, early in the year. So I think if you – you could also think about it like Bama lost to Texas. And then right. no, Michigan almost lost to Bama. They went to overtime with Bama. Right, and on, on a neutral site instead of yeah. Texas going and beat. No, it definitely works both ways. I think I don't know which way to do that it. makes me say Michigan is – to me, the only way Washington beats Michigan is by Penix being insane again. I think that Michigan has more ways of beating Washington. Yeah, I could, I could but see that. But then again, he's been insane all year. So yeah, I think that's like saying um, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play well, the Chiefs are going to lose. Well, unless someone doesn't catch the ball anymore, right? Well, that might be a bad comparison, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, if, but that's if Michael Penix Junior does not. Um, He's a junior, right? No. Nah, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like a junior. He's like a <laughs> no, eight-year senior. I said at this it just roll off the tongue weird. But anyway, if Michael Penix uh, does not play like he did against um, Texas, then, yeah, they definitely they, – they aren't going to win. Uh, but I'm, right. I'm kind of banking on the fact that he's going to because he just, he just really balled out and impressed me in that game. Dude, I think he is, which is why I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Michigan's offense has shown against other teams that they can get it rolling. Yeah. Alabama, like Alabama's defense is definitely better than Washington's defense. I would say you know so. What I mean, yeah. And so 
Michigan's going to be scoring, and I think that Michael Penix is going to be scoring too. Like he's, he was just so good. But I think we can both agree yeah. that we think it's going to be a high-scoring game. For sure. Yeah. Seems like we're both in a similar dilemma, but we'll lock it in. I'm going Michigan 41, Washington 36, and you're going Michigan 31 and Washington 35. Yes, sir. That's the so, pick. All right. Uh, other college football news. we Or not news, just like from the bowl season. UGA beating FSU. We got to talk about that just yeah. briefly. 63-3. They were winning. It was the largest halftime lead in an Orange Bowl. They, from, I mean, FSU, they were sitting people. I get it. The thing that I just want to say about FSU is you're claiming yourself as a national champion. You're whining about not being in the playoffs. Georgia also has a reason to complain about it. We, we talked about there's not a realistic path for Georgia to have gotten there. But if you're talking about the four best teams, Georgia should be in that conversation. And so they could have whined. They could have sat people. And you see the difference in the two teams coming in. One person has a loser mentality, just trying to play the victim, complain about everything else, and they lose 63-3. to Yeah, I think it comes down to to culture. Um, obviously, Kirby Smart has created just a great culture in Athens, um, unfortunately. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, FSU also built their team on the portal. Um, you get portal guys, I think they're less bought into the overall picture. You know, sure, if you go to the playoff, they're going to play. They're not going to sit out of that. Um but with the but way that bought into they're not bought into, you know, this really means something to our program. They're like, they're trying to get the bag either way. Cause that's what they are probably in the portal for. Um, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's probably what it boils down to. I would have loved to see the game with FSU's team, uh, even with a backup quarterback, like fully stocked versus Georgia. I think it's, I think it would have had a similar result. I don't think it would have been as obviously as bad, but I think Georgia would have still easily won that game. Um, yeah, it's frustrating that this couldn't just be the like period on the end of the FSU conversation. Like instead it feels like another aspect. Yeah, so it's but like, they set out. Well, but then we have people yeah. sitting out and right. That's, I, that's and I think to me. if you're FSU, that's, that's fair to say. I mean, it, it probably is fair to say that your team sat out because every other team that loses a bowl game says that, um, yeah. but Georgia had it, people sitting out too. Right. I, I FSU had a lot more, but that's true. But either way, I mean, it, I think it does say something about the culture. Uh, you can't get beat by sixty points, which I I believe was the largest um, point differential in bowl history. Any bowl, mm-hmm. is, I think, is so. what I yeah heard. So you can't do that after after complaining about not making the playoff. Like you you just kind of wrote yourself out of that one. I think I agree with that though. Um, so let's do Mizzou Ohio State. I hated to see Ohio State fall. You know how many wins the Citadel has over South Carolina? <laughs> you know how many wins the two that I'm talking about. Ohio State <laughs> has over South Carolina? Zero. I was uh, fun fact, I was at the Outback Bowl in 2001 when South Carolina beat Ohio State, the first of back-to-back Outback Bowl wins. Ooh. Yeah. Fun fact. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. First time to Florida. Now I live here. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, Mizzou beating Ohio State, three. Um, Marvin Harrison made a huge difference sitting out, which is why I've been on record. I, I will obviously talk about more of this when the draft comes up. Marvin Harrison needs to be above Caleb Williams. Like Marvin Harrison is yeah. going to be the difference maker in the NFL. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. Uh, Absolutely, he's a beast. But they ended up winning fourteen three after it was three nothing for <laughs> most of the game. Yeah, it looked like a Big Ten game. Yeah, for sure. That was crazy. Um, like an old school Big Ten game. Yeah. Nebraska, Wisconsin, something like that. Right. Iowa. 
Iowa. Who else? That's, that's up zero. I just want to speak on the Marvin Harrison deal real quick. I, it just like rubs me a little wrong when he's sitting on the sideline um, in like a jersey, but he opted out. Um, yeah, like are you in or are you out? If I'm a coach, I, I don't know. I'm not a coach, obviously. Should be. Hey, maybe one day. But I don't know, man. If you're if you're opting out, I feel like I feel like you're out. You know? Yeah, that's I fair. Don't know. And then uh, with Mizzou, though, every time that it cut to Drinkwitz, all I could think about was that he was an off-brand Kirby Smart (laughs) every single time. Like, the vibes are the same, like, baby fat, chubby cheeks. You made that point, and I I couldn't stop thinking about it either. Yeah, That's all I can think about now. pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, and Drinkwitz is doing pretty good, so maybe I shouldn't call him off-brand. It's not quite Kirby Smart level. He's he's doing well for for Missouri. Um, Yeah, I I don't get the... Get the draw behind Missouri necessarily. Landlocked state, kind of rough mm-hmm. colors. The stadium is one of the smallest in the SEC. A way worse Columbia. Way worse Columbia. Como. Um, Another Tiger, one of what, seven FBS schools named Tiger? Yeah, Tiger like is, is just kind of, you know, on brand for school like that. Get. Yeah. Um, Got a generic Kirby Smart, a generic Tiger. Stupid. Either way, huge win for Mizzou. Um, yeah, they had a really good year. Capped it off. I think they'll be scary again next year. They're bringing a lot back. Uh, they're losing Brady Cook, right? I think so. I think so. Um, but I feel like he played well. But I think he's he's replaceable. They probably get somebody in the, in the portal um, for him. But they have a lot coming back. I think they're going to be good next year. Kind of dangerous, unfortunately. Oh, it said he will return for the twenty twenty four season. He announced. Ooh, he's been he's been there for a while. Some new yeah, Bo Nicks. Senior, so he was coming back. Did not think he was going to be coming back. I think they're going to be good. I mean, I guess it's such a – honestly, that's smart, though. It's such a quarterback-heavy draft class this year. Yeah. It makes sense to set out another it's year. That's a good point. He has, he has some more to prove, I'd say. Which, speaking of coming back, I mean, with Georgia, it just it's going to be another brutal year. Yeah. But they, they have a pretty tough schedule, though. They do, thank goodness, unlike last year. So we do need to touch on the Clemson-Kentucky game, uh, Gator Bowl. Down in Jacksonville. Turned out to be a good game. So frustrating. Though. Kentucky pretty much had it wrapped up. All they had to do was stop a Clemson team who was pretty spotty the whole day. All they could really, I felt like they could really do was run the ball with uh, Phil Maffa, who unfortunately is a pretty good running back. Um, but then you turn into playing the prevent defense. And, you know, they have, what, a minute 20 to drive the whole field, and you just let them check down the whole way. And um, that's a tough way to lose, man. That's super unfortunate uh, because Kentucky pretty much had it wrapped up and and just let it slip by. That just hurts. Clemson just finds a way to always. Yeah, I think that was the good thing about the beginning of the year was they found Mm -hmm. ways to lose. And you you don't see them do that very often. Um, Yeah, because it's with their schedule in the past two decades. They have three losable games realistically. Yeah, and I think they they lost some unlosable games this year. It felt like yeah, they did. Yeah, which was awesome. Great, they did turn it around. Unfortunately, um, but man, Kentucky really could have really could have done something for us there. And mm. that prevent defense, man. At the end of the game, that's I don't know if that's ever the move. It never is. because nope. I understand protecting the sidelines, but it's just chunk, 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 and then it's. Say you got a fifty percent chance of keeping them out of the end zone. Maybe I don't know what it really like is, but all of a sudden you're going to give them prevent, prevent, and then one set of downs at the end zone. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. Like play the same defense you've been playing before. Look at the look at the Dolphins Titans game. You know you don't do that. We'll have you a nice play like that. not to lose. That's another carryover from the pod that's going to continue. Yeah. But 
since we're talking about Clemson, I saw this last week. I, I think it was from way before this, but I saw this and I appreciated it. And I thought you would appreciate it too. Uh, so it was Doug Peterson talking about Trevor Lawrence. He said, um, that was the thing for us. We did feel like he was pretty raw, just an overall quarterback knowledge, understanding of the game. Uh, obviously very talented, could throw the football, athletic, all that kind of stuff was there. I just think the raw, from a raw standpoint of knowing the position, for us, it was like starting from ground zero and building him up from there and allowing him to gain confidence. So I love that. It's just like he's athletic and Clemson did him no service. Jeez. They didn't teach him how to play the position and get there. Because that was my complaint against quarter uh, Clemson quarterbacks all the time. It's that they don't. Like they can run around, play backyard football, make ridiculous throws that you can never make in the NFL. Right. And they get rewarded time and time again. And no one's questioning whether Trevor Lawrence is incredibly accurate or like a great arm or these other things. Right, right. It's just the other part of it. And so when I saw that quote, I was like, I, I love that being the the statement coming out of Clemson. This is how we develop talent. I, we left them raw. That's really good to hear, actually. Um Yeah. I thought it was pretty fun. I love that. And I, I kind of, uh, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think, um, yeah, that cakewalk schedule makes that possible. That's, I'll leave it yeah. at that. Man, I'm, I'm super excited to be on here to just have, uh, this opportunity, I love this. opportunity. I love this. To talk a little. They're giving us a voice to hate on Clemson. It's what we need. Man, somebody needed to, need to do it. Gamecocks. Here we are. Let's just jump in now to the NFL. We're going to do, uh, a few games, then some more thoughts on it. So the Thursday night game was the Browns, Jets. Browns ended up winning 37-20. It looked like it was going to be a close game right at first. First two drives, close. Nothing good after that for the Jets. Man, poor Five Jets. total turnovers in the game. Uh, each team both had pick sixes, which was something special. How common that is. Something kind of interesting. I don't think it's very common. I don't think so. No. Uh, Joe Flacco, though, was 19 of 29, 309 yards, three touchdowns, and interception, three touchdowns in the first half. Nice. Comeback player of the year. Comeback be, player of the gotta year. Gotta be. Player. The Demar Hamlin story is amazing. Great. They, they, I, I heard someone say it, and I agree with this. They should change the award to the Demar Hamlin Award and give it to Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah. I like that. But <laughs> dude, here's the fun fact. I think I texted you this, but Joe Flacco is at 13 touchdowns now. Deshaun Watson has 14 passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. So the Browns have paid $192,000 for every single one of Joe Flacco's touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad. For Deshaun Watson, they've paid $8.55 million for every touchdown. That's bad. Dude, I mean, they <laughs> got to get, I mean, you, you guaranteed them $240 million, but you've got to cut, cut them loose, I think. At this that point. has to go down as, it will go down as the worst deal of, of NFL history. It has to. Um, it's up there with a Steven Strasburg contract. Yeah. So maybe not quite as bad as close. I, I, the Browns didn't know if he was ever going to play another snap. And they said, let me send this man just buku's. And it like changed the quarterback market from yeah. That's what I don't understand right. with it. It's this guy, forget about all the legal trouble he was in, right. not minimizing that, but I'm just saying, like, you don't give that contract to someone who hasn't played in the league for a whole year. No. And it, and he wasn't he wasn't the like the best quarterback in the league that year. He was no, probably like he top played 10. good for the Texans. Probably, probably yeah, top he, 10. He was definitely good. I have to look probably at top it. 10. I would, I would give that, even with our Clemson bias. Yeah. That just was a crazy contract. Mm. Brees Hall went off again, second week in a row, as someone who has him in fantasy. Love that. Yeah. Uh, that's also something we might need to touch on. Uh, Joe beat me in fantasy by, was it 0. Dude, 0.3 or 0. 0.4 the points? The worst week two of round one. I oh, yeah, it was bad. I mean, I'm not saying it was good. 
we were trying to out lose it. It's like on on ESPN when you see the matchup predictor and it's just bouncing back and forth and getting lower. Ninety nine percent points. Ninety nine percent. Ninety nine. Like what? But anyway, next game was the Monday night football game that was actually on Sunday night. The Cowboys Lions. Yeah. Lions end up winning twenty nineteen. A couple things from this game that stood out. CD Lamb obviously had an incredible game. Thirteen receptions, two hundred twenty seven yards, and one touchdown. I had to do a double take there. Yeah. Yeah insane he uh, also became the dallas cowboy single season leader in both yards and receptions which that's a cool game to do that in a statement piece and this was in the 16th game so there's no asterisks from this being a 17 game season nope. versus 16 before so the man's been going off and the cowboys as much as i don't like them they've had some good receivers yeah they sure have absolutely who do you pass michael urban yeah yeah that's other other 88 that's saying something for sure it is saying something for and then like T.O. and all the people in between them. Yeah. So golf, the the two two things before we get to the main point of this game. Uh two things that are concerning to me about both the Cowboys and the Lions. One is the turnovers from the Lions. Jared Goff threw another two turnovers, and that would scare me a lot if I were a Lion fan yeah. going into the playoffs. And then for the Cowboys, they ended up getting away with it. But they had such bad time management, like throwing that pass, giving them 40 more seconds to work with at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, it seems like they played the worst situational ball, always. Yeah, I, I agree with the the pass thing at the end. I kind of like it, though. Um, we just, you just uh, said our quote, you know, playing, That's what was that's it, playing to, playing not to playing lose? Not to lose. Um, I always want my team to try to win. Like, you make that first down, you're winning the game right there. Um I think that's just having confidence in your guys. And, and, you know, if they run the ball and don't get it, um, I mean, they still get the ball back, but let me rephrase that. Maybe it's less of throwing the pass and more of the pass that it was. Yeah, that's like that was a low probability pass. I would much rather my quarterback look at that and then take a sack at that point and keep the clock running. Yeah. Then, because it's like there was a diving defender. And he was putting it at the edge of the range. It was a great pass during regulation, or not regulation, like earlier in the game. Yeah. But late in the game, that's a low percentage pass. And so you're almost guaranteeing a stop clock. You got to have one that's going to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like the idea of throwing the ball, but just tell yourself you don't want an incompletion here. Yeah. That's, yeah. Coaching point. Yeah. Don't And that's the ball. to me where maybe it's Mike McCarthy. Who knows what it is? It just seems like all year they don't play great situational ball. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Plus they, the the, the Eagles game um, that they mm-hmm. lost. That's the other one. Yeah, the Dolphins game that they lost a week ago. Um, yeah, tight games are are kind of tough for them right now. So yeah, but they ended up winning. Uh, um, they ended up winning. They ended up because, winning. Well, okay. So for any if there are any Cowboys fans listening, there was a tripping call that was missed. Aiden Hutchinson tripped Pollard. Wasn't called. Sure, there's your little statement right there. But the two point try. So Dan Campbell said that he told his offense, we're going to go down, we're going to drive down the field, we're going to score a touchdown, and then we're going to go for two and end it here. So they drive down the field, they score a touchdown, then they go for two, and this is what happens here. It's a great play, I think. Great play. Jared Goff rolls out, throws it back. It's kind of like the play we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And Brad Allen, referee, says that 68 did not report in as eligible, so it was illegal touching. Here is his statement after the game. He said, so we had a situation where if you were going to have an ineligible number occupy an eligible position, you have to report that to the referee. Yes, we know that. There's the context. 
On this particular play, number 70, who had reported during the game a couple times, reported to me as eligible. Then he lined up at the tackle position, so actually he didn't have to report at all. Number 68, who ended up going downfield and touching the pass, did not report. Therefore, he is ineligible touching a pass that goes beyond the line, which makes it a foul. So the issue is number 7 did report, number 68 did not. So that was his statement afterwards, which drives me insane because right here, we see Decker walking up to him, saying, reporting, reporting, 70 over here. He turns before anyone gets there and goes back and says, 70 is reporting in as eligible. Dan Campbell's livid now because he said that pregame, which is standard for coaching, he sat down with the officiating crew and was saying at some point during the game, 68 is going to report in as eligible, pretty much to a T walking through this play. Yeah, that... That whole situation. Well, first off, everybody knows that offensive linemen always, every play, go and talk to the ref before the play, right? You know, they chit-chat every play. Every play. Yeah. Um, They're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to hold. Don't, don't call me. Right. What else could he possibly have been doing with the ref other than reporting? Uh, if there, if yeah. he came out with a different, you know, scenario, he says, oh, yeah, he came up and told me this. Maybe, maybe I would believe it. But he obviously in the video goes up and says something. So... Um, what, what else could he possibly have done? Clearly he just got confused who it was. Yeah. Yeah. I understand no that there's a little bit of risk taken on because they're trying to deceive the Cowboys. This is normal that people are acting like this has never been done before. Different linemen will walk up. One will say reporting. This is normal. Right. He got confused and he has not owned up at all, which is what drives me crazy about it. After the game, this was his statement that I just read that said, the problem was 68 did not report, 70 reported. There's video of 68 walking up to you saying reporting. Yeah. And so you can see Goff in the video telling 68 to go report. He's not saying, go you, ask the ref what down it is, you know? Yeah. How much time's I, on the play clock sir, or whatever? Excuse me. Sir. And then Dan Campbell saying that before the game, he had already walked through that 68 was going to be reporting in at some point during the game. What? So that he takes zero accountability, that's one thing that drives me crazy. Yeah. I think we still need, like, we need press conferences or some, some kind of accountability no, I, for the I 100% agree. I've loved your takes all year on the, on the refs, man. Um, they need some kind, of, some kind of responsibility. I'm glad that you brought up my takes on the refs. Because if you recall, anyone that's been listening this year, there were two other games that really got under my skin. There was the Eagles-Dolphins game, yep. where there were... I think 11 penalties called on the Eagles and none called on the Dolphins and then the Chiefs-Packers game. Well, if you take note, the crew in this game right here that missed that face mask, that missed that hold, that missed that pass interference, that missed that hold, and this game that was supposedly clean by the Eagles and uh, very dirty by the, the Dolphins or missed that late hit that actually wasn't a late hit that missed that pass interference right here, or that said that this was forward progress getting out of bounds, was all the Brad Allen referee crew. Is he the one that went to South Carolina? No, but that was someone on his okay. team. Okay, Man, he's got a unfortunate last name. There were three, three games this year that have just driven me insane, oh, and all man. of them were done by the Brad Allen referee crew. So is he the and head so now, ref? He's the head ref mm -hmm. of the crew. The crew's the same between all of them. Right. I mean, again, right here, you're saying that the Eagles committed zero penalties to 11 
of the Dolphins right here, all of these penalties. Second one, terrible drive. And it was both ways. I'm not even saying it was biased for the, the Chiefs Packers. It was just sloppy officiating in this game. And so now the NFL's hands forced and they're going to punish them by downgrading them, potentially. Hasn't even decided yet, which means they're not going to get a playoff game or any primetime game next year. Early vacation. Well, I mean, I guess that is, I'm glad they're doing something. Well, they're also getting prime time this week. They're going to get the Ravens Steelers, which has a lot of playoff implications for the Bills and some other teams that we'll get into later. Oh, jeez. Like, at, at what point do you just cut them loose? Yeah. Like, if you're, again, without even knowing this, the three games that have driven me insane all year were done by this exact same crew. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. All you need to know. And the, the video you just put together was awesome. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send that to Christian if you're listening, Christian. Yeah, man. That's why I was mad about that game. There you go. But the perfect transition, the Ravens-Dolphins game, tough. You're a Fins fan. 56-19. Lamar Jackson joined Tom Brady as the only quarterback with two perfect passer ratings against the same team with his perfect passer rating this week, and then Brady did against Detroit. But he was 18-21, of 21, 321 yards, five touchdowns, 35 more yards on the ground. Yeah, he was he was unstoppable. I thought you were gonna say Brady did it against the Dolphins as well, because <laughs> that wouldn't have that <laughs> wouldn't be have tough. been that wouldn't have uh, been out of pocket. But I mean, that would have made sense. Yeah, man. Yeah, what do you say about the way Lamar Jackson played? Um, just on point. I, th- I mean, I this say. was the final period on the MVP conversation. Uh, obviously, I like Brock Purdy. I think he's great, yeah. but Lamar Jackson this season has been such a difference maker. So. He should be a lock for that at this point. He played in just exceptionally. At the beginning of the season, if you recall, I was saying I think the difference for the Ravens this year is Lamar Jackson's going to have more of a passing game. I was like, I think that's going to be the difference. He's still going to be elusive. They're going to have a good defense. I think he's going to pass well. Mm-hmm. I do remember uh, we talked about that's that as well difference. at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. Talking about the receivers he had coming in. Was they Flowers specifically? Um, yeah, he's he's looked unstoppable. Um, he, they're going to be really dangerous in the playoffs, especially now that you have to go to Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really like the take of them and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Obviously, it, it, you get nervous if it's two number one seeds. A lot of stuff happens in the playoffs. Yeah. But right now, they feel like a league above. Miami, uh, we'll get into it with power rankings. I think they're still a really good team. But the injuries are starting to catch up with them. It's, I think it started in the Tennessee game when Tyreek Hill started getting hurt. Waddle left and came back. A few people. Jalen Phillips uh, is Chubb out. was out. Baker's out. Chubb went out. Chubb is, is out for the year now. Um, yeah. I think, and they didn't have Mostert in this game either. So, mm-hmm. you know, not having Mostert or Waddle certainly hurts your offense. Uh, I rewatched a lot of this game at lunch today. Um, kind of did like a quick little recap. Uh, just wanted... Apparently wanted to hurt again. I guess I don't. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, but gotta feel the pain. It was um, really close until what two minutes before the half. The Ravens scored, I think, two touchdowns right there, and then mm-hmm. they ran the opening kickoff in the second half back to like the twenty yard line, and they scored on the next play. Um, that's game. That. That's the end of the game right there. You just gotta, you know, when you can't control what's happening right before halftime and right after halftime, you're going to be in big trouble. Um, Such a big swing. And that's what happened to the Dolphins. So there we are. I think they, we'll see. I think they can bounce back this week. I th- Yeah, I'm not, to me, it was a great win for the Ravens. I, besides the injuries, there's nothing that I'm holding against the Dolphins really in this game that I wasn't already a little bit concerned about before. It was not like the blowout 
is terrible. Like, I mean, they're they're in the playoffs. Yeah. Or they're going to be in the playoffs. Anything can happen at that point. Their offense is still good. Raheem Mostert, who has, what, 21 touchdowns yeah. now at this point, wasn't in the game. They played them close in the first half, like you were saying. All of, yeah, all of that is fine. I will say I'm a little bummed that the Ravens won because our, I'm going to see them play the Steelers Ooh. this coming week. And I really wanted that to be an important game. And instead, now it's going to be. Where's know, that at? Maybe. It's in Baltimore. Nice. That'd be cool. And so it's like, may, maybe, you know, Lamar Jackson will get in for two drives now. But yeah, so good to see him. I'm going to touch on the Dolphins real quick. Um, yeah. The biggest thing for me with the Dolphins is I think that once you see what team shows up that day for the Dolphins, that's just what you're going to get. Um, I haven't seen them really change course throughout the game all year. Honestly, you know, the halftime score, I don't think they've been down at half and won a game this year. And I think they may have been up at half and lost one game, and that was the Titans game, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. It just seems like when they're on, they're really on, and when they're off, they're just they're just off. So that concerns me a lot. Which is interesting going into the Bills game because I think the Bills are also that way. I do too. Like yeah, you can, they definitely you can are. see first drive. It's almost like don't make a prediction before the game. Wait and see how each one's doing. Yep, that'd be fun. But that's interesting you said that because I've felt that a lot about the Bills. I agree about the Dolphins though. Yeah. Um, I, I still think that the Dolphins upside. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's nasty. There's parts of their defense that are so nasty. Obviously, their offense is fast and can be incredibly explosive. Yeah, I, th- I think they have a pretty good upside. Um, I think they also have a pretty pretty big downside potentially so potentially yeah well what i do know is that the arizona cardinals are the nfc east killers let's go they blew out the cowboys early in the season i forgot about that and then hate to see it because love philadelphia so much Mm. but the cardinals ended up beating the eagles 35 31 two interesting stat lines from this game because it was pretty back and forth the cardinals ended up winning with a james connor touchdown with 32 seconds left but the total yards in this game the Cardinals had 449 and the Eagles had 275. Then the first downs, the Cardinals had 32 and the Eagles had 17. That is a bad, bad, bad stat line for the Eagles. I did not know. I did not realize that it was that, that much of a spread. That lopsided? Yeah. Because everything else was pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. I think even time of possession was somewhat similar. I didn't, didn't write that one down, but hmm. man, that was tough. Because the Eagles came in as a 12 and a half point favorite. Ended up losing by four. Yeah, that oof. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Um, They've been looking bad lately. I, something I think something's going on there, man. Somebody's not getting along with somebody. Um, I don't know if it's AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts or or what it is. I feel like there's a little little rift there. Maybe I don't have anything to support that. But, well, they've been um, rumors. I mean, Nick Sirianni's job might even be in question now. He might even be on the hot seat, which is interesting. Oh, yeah, that, that doesn't would make be sense. I mean, you take him to a Super Bowl last year. Yeah, and they're. I don't, what seat are they going to get? Maybe three if they're gonna lose they're not gonna win the division are they i'm not sure what the tiebreakers are with them in the it isn't clinched they're going to the playoffs they're they're 11 and 5 um that's crazy if his job's on the hot seat then i don't i don't understand that that makes no sense they are kind of spiraling at the end of the year here um i still think they're a very dangerous team like you do not want to get in a slug battle with the eagles you're not stopping the tush push and I think that the way that they're constructed, Niners, Ravens are are the top to me of just like well-constructed teams. Yeah. But the Eagles also, uh, I think I said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that I still have them as my second favorite in the NFC just because the pieces are there yeah. to be able to do it. 
but it's concerning. They also had a pick six, which definitely impacts the yards and everything, but also is a testament to the, the offense wasn't getting a lot going. Right. I don't know. Something's going on there. Again, I think they could make a playoff run, but they got to get it together. That's for sure. So they are still 11 and five, but going into week 18, their point differential on the season is 22, which is worse than Baltimore, San Francisco, Dallas, Miami, Detroit, Cleveland, Buffalo, Kansas City. All that makes sense. Hmm. It is also worse than the Rams, the Packers, and the Saints. Hmm. I might. That's not great. Might have a little bit of something like that on my uh, power rankings. Just maybe. I don't hate that. Just maybe. Hate that. Yeah, that, that is interesting, though. But yeah, so other things in the NFL. Ravens, Niners, both clinched. That was yeah. exciting. Good good sign for the potential Super Bowl prediction. Yeah. But what we love to talk about, because we mentioned earlier, we're a David Tepper hating podcast. And for those of you who missed it, Boy. there's a video of David Tepper throwing a drink on a Jaguar fan. Dude, this oh. man is catapulting himself up the list of bad owners. He's number one for sure right now, and he's getting really close to entering the Dan Snyder like stratosphere. Man, he, of yeah, he's. I was thinking disaster. the same thing. He's probably number two, like most hated owners I can think of um, in recent history. And he's only owned the mm-hmm. Panthers for what? How, four seasons? Five, something like that. Four or five seasons. Brother, you got to change something. Something's got to change. You got to sell the team. Pl- please. Sell the team. You've got a worse record than the Charlotte Bobcats. Yeah. You are meddling in everything. You've you've been churning through coaches. You are now throwing a drink on a fan. I think I saw that he just got fined. Um, let's see. I th- just saw. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how how the NFL responds to to this one. So David Tepper is fined 300k for it, which this is a good amount of money. But still, just it. that's a bad. Bad look. Yeah, that's 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 not good, man. You Bad own the look. team. Should we just watch it one more yeah, time? Yeah, just play it back. And then he throws it and then he walks away. That's the worst part. Yeah, you gotta stand your ground at that point. You're you're in it. <laughs> I'm a little like <laughs> I haven't seen the one of him flipping the cup. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man, so bad. Clown. Um many reasons I wish David Tepper would sell the team. Um that's not necessarily one of them, but I think it just puts it even further. Like, dude, yeah. you, you can't do that. That's a bad look. It's a really bad look. I'm glad that the rest of the world is starting to catch on with with the fact that David Tepper is such a bad. Owner. That's why I'm so happy about it. I was when I saw that video, I was I was pretty pretty happy because it started with us with Rock Hill. Because yeah. as people that grew up, you grew up in Rock Hill. Mm-hmm. I grew up close to Rock Hill. When he was starting to do the practice facility, pulled out. We're like, dude, this guy's just gone bad. Yeah. Like, these things are bad. Then everything with the team, the way he's running, everything started happening. Now this, like, everyone's on board now that he's a scumbag. And I, I love that. I love I it. It's good. We can I all bond it. over something. We, right? we can bond over that. Misery loves company. It does. Uh, the other interesting thing right now, we mentioned it when we were talking about the Bills, um, but going into the game with the Bills Dolphins, which is going to be a great game. Of the list of, of games this week, there aren't a lot of interesting ones. This one is going to be top of that list for, I think, everyone. Yeah. Because the Bills, the way that things could shake up, they could either come out of this game as the number two seed or not in the playoffs, which is absurd. Is, I don't know if that that's absurd. ever happened. Yeah, not in recent memory. Not that I can think of. That's that's crazy. This is a playoff game I mean, for them. This is because the way uh, if Jacksonville... W- 
I guess if Jacksonville wins and the Steelers win, I think those if those two win and they lose, they're out. There might be one more piece to the equation. But if you look at it, the Steelers are playing the Ravens. And, I mean, the Ravens have nothing to play for. So the good Steelers already beat them once. The, I think that the fact that the Steelers already beat them might be a little bit of an incentive that the Ravens... Like, I don't know. I even think that there's a chance that Huntley ends up winning that game. And I don't think that the Ravens want to lose to the Steelers twice in a season. No, so that might bode might, well. They might play a little hard on that one. Still, you're not going to risk like Lamar Jackson right. or any of these other people not getting full hurt. Strength. So backups are going to have to do that. But anyway, there's a good chance that the Steelers ended up winning that game. Jacksonville has been all over the place, but they could win that. Like there's a good chance that if the Bills don't win, they're out of the playoffs. Yeah, pretty good chance. And if they win, they're getting home field advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, so two, number two seed out of the playoffs. Mm. That's insane. That is a massive swing. Um, I not super confident about this game. Uh, I think I will take Miami, but only because it's at home. Mm-hmm. Miami on the road um, scares me, and I really hope they get a home playoff game because if not, I'm scared that they're going to one and done. They're just going to be out, just like last year. I know. Last year was different. They, they didn't have Tua, but um, yeah, they need to win. Must win for Miami. Got to win. For confidence, for home field advantage. Must win for the Bills. It's must win both ways. Yeah. It is. It, it, it basically is a playoff game at this point. I think so. Um, anything else you want to add, NFL? Or should we do the power rankings? I think we can jump to power rankings. I think we touch on most of the important stuff. All right. I love this. I will, I'll hit it first, I yeah. guess. We'll mix it up sure. this time. Uh, okay. So at 10, I've got the Rams. I honestly might even, I wouldn't hate for them to be higher on this list. I think that they look really good right now. It's crazy that in a year that's supposed to be a rebuilding year, they're doing this, but they got some, I mean, Kyrene Williams and, um, and Puka Nakua were crazy pickups for them. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I got them at 10. I've got Kansas city at nine right now. Realistically, I think the Rams would beat them head to head right now, but you still got Patrick Mahomes. Kansas city is falling apart. Even though they won, they still look bad again this week. Then I've got the Eagles at eight again, falling apart right now. So, then you've got the next tier of teams to me. I've got the Browns coming in at seven. They are the opposite of the past or the Eagles and the Chiefs right now for me. They just keep finding ways to win. Despite quarterback, despite injuries, they keep finding ways to win. And so they got a lot of grit. It's pretty really impressive. Like the Browns right now. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Uh, then I've got Detroit coming in at six. They should have beaten the Cowboys. But either way. It's kind of a toss-up right now between them and the Cowboys. I'm going to go Detroit at six, and then I'm going to go the Cowboys at five. One of the main reasons, not even just because of the last week, because we know the two-point conversion, we know how the tripping went, but they have a 110-point higher point differential than the the Lions. And so for that reason, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Four, I actually have Buffalo coming in here. Um, we saw what they did to Dallas. Makes sense to have them above there. Then I've got the uh, I'm going to go Dolphins at three. I think that even though they just got blown out, I still like them right now above the Bills, Cowboys. I think that after three, though, becomes the jump. And so I've got the the Dolphins at three, then I'm going to go Niners at two, Ravens at one. I think they're in a league, and then there's a league below, and then jumps to like Eagles are now in the third tier at this point, I think. Yeah. I don't hate it. I like it. Um, I think we have all the same teams in our top ten, which is interesting. Yeah, we do, it looks like. Um, 
I'll go ahead and run mine off real quick. I have Kansas City at number ten. Um, at the, they just don't look. They don't look like the same team anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the Taylor Swift effect or what it is, or the Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I think it's probably Trojan more the Kadarius Tony <laughs> Trojan horse. Man, that guy could be so good. He could be so good. Oh, dude, um, I want him to be good. I do too. If he could just catch the ball, he's electric when he hangs onto the ball. Um, but yeah, with obviously they still have Patrick Mahomes. They could potentially beat anybody, I think. Um, but it's really hard to do when people are dropping passes, aren't getting open. Um, so I have them at 10, have the Eagles at nine. We just talked about how they've kind of, you know, fallen off a little bit. I still think again, they're very dangerous. They're constructed really well. Um, it's just, they're not playing up to par at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I have the Rams next. They've won that. six of their last seven and they're looking good. Um, their offense looks really good. I think they're, I just have them above the, um, chiefs and the Eagles. Cause I think they've been playing better as of late. I mean, realistically, I'd have them over either one head to head. Yeah. So that's where I have them right now. Uh, number seven, I have the Browns. Again, they're, they've gotten through a lot of adversity. Um, they're playing pretty well, beating a lot of teams. Yeah, I'm number seven. Mm-hmm. Number six, Bills. Um, I think they're up and down. Not really sure where they're going to go, but I do think they're really good on their good days. Number five, I have Dallas. I have them one below Detroit because I think Detroit should have won that game based on the yeah. based on the refs. I think if they Put played it on again, a neutral site or in Detroit, and there's no chance the Cowboys. Won. Yeah, they played in um, in Dallas, and same deal with the Dolphins. I'm worried about uh, the Cowboys on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, Detroit at four, Miami at three. Again, they got waxed by the Ravens. I think it was kind of circumstantial. I think they still have you know a lot of potential, and then obviously the top two are San Francisco and Baltimore. Um, not really much needs to be said about them. They're kind of cemented there for right now. Dude, I like that. I agree with pretty much everything. I mean, I could go either way with our differences too. Yeah, we're pretty close. Not too much to argue about there. All right. Well, so for the picks, let's go ahead and skip that this week because it's week 18. Yeah, It makes sense. We'll 18. go ahead and end the season because it's like me and Christian's record and then in playoffs we can start over. And so yeah, um, it works. Week 18's so variable anyway. You're picking uh, um, Miami or, or Buffalo. That's the only game that really matters. Ooh. Let's hear it on the spot. I'm going to go Buffalo because I think that in their mind, it's it's actually a must win. It's yeah. a really should win for the Dolphins, and it's a must win for the Bills. Gotcha. Yeah, um, picking Miami. I think uh, they're at home. And, uh, yeah, they need a bounce back win after the Ravens game. So If both Miami. teams had clinched playoffs, I would take the the Dolphins. And so, I mean, there's a good chance that going into the game that one of the teams loses, the Bills are in. And if that's the case, it's closer to a toss-up. Yeah, but. I, I think it I think it probably is a toss-up, but I'm taking Miami mm-hmm. on it. I like that. Got to ride or die. Okay, so for the draft, similar to last year, we're doing the best of 2023. So a look back on 2023. Uh, I'll give you the first pick. Let's go. I needed it. So snake drafting it, of course. So there's one band that just kind of took over 2023, super unexpected, a band that had been counted as down and out. But can I ask you a question? Can you take me higher? Creed. Who thought Creed was coming back in 2023? Dude, I love it. I love it. I love it. We've talked about this before. We've jammed. We've talked about it. They're back. As as someone who who's just kind of always liked Creed whenever it plays a little bit, I love that it's back. Yeah, now you can listen to it and don't get like 
people looking at you like it's They're like, like no, yo, this guy's cool. He listens to Creed. Right. Before it's like, yo, Creed? Man, they really made a comeback. Um, a few teams were rocking with them. The Rangers were rocking with them, won the World Series. So. Uh, yeah, some Vikings lately. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, number one. I'm going to do, though, on my n- overall number one pick, I'm going to do Messi's move to the MLS. Ooh. Ooh. I think that in terms of impact on the MLS now and for a while to come, this is obviously big. Like big names have come, like David Beckham and stuff, but Messi's still prime career. He could have had an insane contract. In fact, he turned down some Saudi money to come here, which that kind of like factors. It's a few things mixed together in this messy move as the number one pick because you have like all the talk of sports washing, live, all this stuff, and then he turns down that money to come to the MLS. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's so, a good one. I didn't even think about that. That's that's a really good pick. Thank you. We need to go to a um, Miami game. Yeah, enter Miami. Enter Miami. Let's go and then see what's up with to, to Tyreek Hill. But pick two for me. Got to do it. You knew it was coming. I'm going to do the Ares tour. All $5 billion of it. No. That, that pretty much yeah. was the face of 2023. Yeah. A time person of the year for Taylor Swift. Was she? Like, it makes sense. The Ares tour. Wow. What does it take to be the time person of the year? Just curious. So it isn't, it's total impact of like recognition, fame, all this stuff. It's not necessarily good or bad. I learned that mm. because I think Putin was also on the list. And I think Hitler wow. was in the running too. <laughs> Putin so was, was on the list like the this most, year? Yeah, I think this oh, year uh, he won. Let me clarify on this because that's <laughs> that's something. Person of the year 2023. Okay, so yeah, because of the, the, the person of the year 2023, it was, I guess, Hollywood Strikers were one. Um, mm. Taylor Swift, Sam Altman, Trump prosecutors, Barbie, Vladimir Putin, King Charles III. So, because it's just, because under Vladimir Putin, it says Vladimir Putin, Russian president who has held the role, blah, blah, blah. That's just about, I'm trying to figure out how it relates to time. But his influence was only reinforced in the end. So it's all about influence, I think. It's the most influential person. Not, not necessarily good or bad. Wow, I, that's actually shocking. I did not know that. Um, glad yeah. Putin did not win. Shout out Taylor Swift <laughs> for beating out Putin for the person of the year. That's good. And it's like, and if that's the definition, like she had the highest grossing global tour of all time. Yeah. A lot of people talk about how she kind of held up the economy in a lot of ways. Um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, big thing from 2023. That is a big thing from 2023 for sure. So let me think. Follow that up. Ah, I got to go John Mayer solo tour 2023. Um, I only went to one concert in 2023. It was the best concert I went to in 2023. <laughs> Um, you went as well. Wasn't it awesome? Dude, yeah, I went to the Ares tour and a John Mayer solo tour. Yeah, I'm not going to ask which one you thought better. That's putting you too much on the spot. The, um, they're very different, but very it was different. a good tour. Um, it was a good tour. Yeah, I, I was a little nervous. I've been to a couple of his concerts, and I saw that mm-hmm. it was like an acoustic solo tour. Uh, didn't know how it was going to go, but I loved it. Just rocked it. So that's number two for me. Uh, let's see. Number three. Feel bad taking this one from you because you're a big Braves guy, but I also like the Braves. So I'm going Ronald Acuna Jr. MVP season. 4070. That's unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um that was awesome. With a 337 average, too. Yeah. Hitting 337, 41 home runs, 73 stolen bases. Insane. I think he's gonna have a better year next year. Mike gotta go mm-hmm. fifty hundred. 
Dude, I, I like the bigger bases. Let's all add to it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to pick three feel-good return. Uh, you do the return of Damar Hamlin. Because right. I guess it was January 2nd, I believe, when the game happened. Ever That was very momentous. 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 That was obviously a big deal. Everyone felt that a lot when it happened. Yeah. And then the whole recovery return playing again like he he was making a difference in the last couple of games recently so that will be pick three for me pick four for me it's got to be lebron james surpassing kareem for the all-time point score it wasn't necessarily like an exciting moment right as much as i feel iconic. i don't know like yeah it's iconic i mean he's the all-time point score or points leader yeah so that's huge it's iconic yeah I like that pick. I actually didn't know that happened in 2023. I knew it happened. It felt like that was longer. Mm -hmm. It felt like that was 22. But here we are. All right. For me, number four. So I had never watched Hard Knocks before. And then they started covering the Miami Dolphins. I'm going oh, Miami good. Dolphins, Hard Knocks for my favorite show of 23. Um, Mike McDaniel, just watching him interact with everybody is hilarious. Somebody, I love the comparison of his dad owning the team and just giving him the keys to it for the summer. That's what it feels like. And um, yeah, where it's like this it. crazy gamer dude who's yeah. like really good at Madden and his dad owns the team right. and just gave it. I uh, just go, just go coach for a couple weeks, see what happens. Dude, I love that. And then that. he does I well. That comparison. Uh, he also kind of oddly reminds me of like a Ted Lasso kind of deal. So um, that's fair in a weird way. All right, number five. Um, just kind of picked it up in the last few months. But it's a daily thing for me, and I'm really enjoying it. So New York Times Connections. I don't know if you've played that game yet. Caitlin was just playing that. Yeah. Super fun game. You need to get into that it. That looks so fun. Um, competitive. You know, I text Elaine, my girlfriend, um, just about every day and tell her how many words I got it in or how many tries I got it in versus how many she got it in. So it, it's a fun thing to do. Uh, keep your mind a little busy. Um, yeah, something nice on the side. Honestly, what five should be is Otani. Over 10 war on the season, $700 million contract. Crazy year. Uh, but we've already done baseball. I've got sports for most of my list. So I'm actually going to do Barbenheimer. That felt Ooh. like the the box office moment of 2023 with two of the biggest movie, movies, a lot of people doing the back-to-back -back feature. Uh, so I'm going to do Barbenheimer with my final pick. Yeah, However, there are a few little other things that I wanted to do. ChatGPT, even though it launched in November, I feel like it was like an AI takeover this year. So that was a was. big one. It was a, a mark of 2023. Then Djokovic getting his 24th major. And then one of my favorite ones <laughs> was George Santos. Everything that happened with him when he's talking about how he's Jewish and how he actually meant that he was like Jewish. And then, and then his transition not, not from like <laughs> politics to being a cameo guy. Oh, man. Where it was like 500K or something for cameos from him. So that's like a personal a right. personal one I loved and then like live golf and stuff. But Kinda I'm going to roll with Bob Barbenheimer yeah. just because I didn't do any other movies this year. Yeah, that's a good one. That was definitely the biggest movie weekend of 23. There weren't yeah, that many like, good movies that came out. I don't, I don't know if it's because really, of the writer's strike or what. Um, yeah. I don't know if that affected it. But anyway, that was, that was obviously huge for sure. That was a huge one. But anyway, that was episode 52. So excited for this new year. Yes, sir. Glad you're on, Mr. Incognito with Glad his mask off. Glad to be on, off. mask off. Fully revealed. We're here now. Let's do um, it. As always, if you're liking it, please consider sharing. That would actually be really consider. helpful. If you send it with a few friends that you think might would like it. 
subscribe wherever you're listening. Drop some comments in. That helps helps the boys get oh, yeah. some engagement. Get in the comments. We'll, we'll comment back. Get in the back. comments. We'll comment we back. say a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of dumb stuff. A lot of good stuff, hopefully. Yeah. And so argue with us. See what you think. Yeah, we're ready for it. See if you agree. You know, all that stuff's good. But anyway, we'll be back next week with episode 53. Until then, peace. Peace. peace.